lot of people out there, um, retirees. I mean, I, I yes, I aim at the people who are baby boomers and, and you know, hitting that retirement point. They've got a lot of experience. They've got a lot of uh, vitality. They've got a lot of things going for them, and they've got ex you know the experience of 40 years of um, of working for most of them that they could share with other people. They can change the way that the future generations are looking at retirement. If if they go out and they make changes and they, you know, and the younger people see that, hey, there's life out there, there's more things I can do. Maybe people will stop looking at retirement as the end of the road and, and a retired person as old. And I think that's that's what I'm trying to change is that yeah. people think, oh, you're getting close to retirement. You're old. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I have the pleasure of having Jackie Doucette on the line. Jackie, are you there? I'm here. Nice to see you, Richard. Awesome. So glad to have you here. Thanks for joining me on this uh, wonderful holiday week. We're just a couple of days before Christmas at the time of this recording. Um, and for those of you who've been following along with our um, our adventures as we travel, my uh, family and I are up in South Carolina for the holidays and enjoying ourselves. Where are you uh, coming in from, Jackie? I'm just south of Ottawa, Ontario, up in Canada. Nice and oh, snowy. Oh, so way far north. Uh, well, yeah, compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, is it? Is it all frozen over there yet? It's not too bad right now. It's just uh, just about at the freezing point. So we had a little bit of snow. We were kind of worried that it wasn't going to be a white Christmas, but it looks like it's going to be. Nice. Yeah, I have a, a good friend of mine who lives in Toronto, um, and I always tease every year. I send her this gif that has a, a picture of a, a guy popping up out of a an a ice fishing hole. And then skating away, and it says, you know, watching Canadians being born. And I was like, look, I found your birth story. Oh wow! Because <laughs> you know, she she laughs at me because uh, you know, if it gets below sixty five, I'm cold. And she's like, she posts pictures of like walking to work in the snow. Yep. Um, and I'm like, that's not a thing. Like people go outside in that kind of weather. That's not the way it works down here. <laughs> well, we so spend anyways, an awful lot of time inside. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today and telling your story a little bit. I want to uh, just dive into your bio real quick for our audience who may not know who you are, and then we'll um, get started with uh, with the podcast. So, uh, Jackie is a um, Jackie Doucette is uh, says I teach people who nav to navigate their journey beyond retirement with excitement and enthusiasm. After over thirty five years of working a nine to five job and one false retirement, Jackie needed some help with staying retired, but there isn't much available besides, besides financial advice. Since retirement usually happens in our golden years, Jackie is paving the way for future generations with her lifestyle blueprint, a custom design plan suited to your specific situation. In addition to the blueprint, Jackie has a podcast and a blog dedicated to life beyond the rat race. 
in the hope of attracting more people to the idea that you don't have to wait until your golden years to start living your life. And I have to say, before we even get started, I couldn't agree more. My uh, That's one of the reasons my wife and I travel full time with our kids right now is because we don't want to wait until we retire to live in, live life and experience everything. So with that introduction, Jackie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're known for, what your business is like, and who it is that you actually serve in your, um, in your business? Okay. Well, what I'm known for, I guess, is... Uh probably talking about wanting to be retired because it's taken a while to get there and we're still kind of going along the path. But I'm, I'm known as the person to talk to when you're looking for some enthusiasm, when you're looking for something to keep you going when you think you've reached the end of the road. Um, I've watched so many people retire from their lifetime career and then just stop. And it just didn't seem right to me. I, I couldn't believe that it's our fate to work so long and, and do so much and then just do nothing later on. So I always thought that we have three kind of distinct phases. We've got the, uh, the education phase where you go to school, you do all the stuff you're supposed to do, you know, whatever that might be in university. Then you spend your time doing the working phase and then you have what's coming next. And that should be the fun part. That's the part where you, you get to really live your life. And it doesn't matter how long each of those phases are. It doesn't have to be when you turn 60 that you get to have fun in your life. It should be whenever you can. So I started looking into retirement online to see what, you know, what I could find because I was coming close to that time. And all there was out there, like you said in my, in my bio, is financial advice. Put money into your RRSPs or your 401k you know, plan for retirement, but there was nothing about what do you do? You know, when you're retired and someone says, so what do you do? And you say, nothing. I mean, I decided, you know, that needs to change. So I work with people who are getting ready to retire or getting ready to step away from whatever it is they're doing. And they're hoping to create a, a big life, an exciting life for themselves beyond retirement, something that they can do forever without having to think about retiring anymore. Awesome. So do you actually, how, how do you actually perform that service? Is it just your blog and your, your book, your podcast, or do you actually do like coaching consulting? How, how's the actual like financial transaction to help people? How does that look, look in your business? <laughs> okay. What I, I have the, what I call a, a lifestyle intensive. So what it, what it is, is you sit down with me on something like this, like on zoom for a couple of hours. Um, and we go over, well, I should step back first. You complete um, a big, questionnaire about with all kinds of questions about your lifestyle now what your hopes are what you're interested in what you've done in the past that sort of thing and I get that and I you know go through it and from that I figure out what kind of things you're looking for in your life because that's one of the questions and then we sit down for a couple of hours and we go through all the different ideas that you've got the different ideas that I have suggestions for you things that you could look into ways that you could be moving forward in your life. Um, and then we come up with a, a, a nice long uh, battle plan, for lack of a better term, for how you can move ahead and go forward. And I prepare that all to you as a written report, um, the stages that you can go through, the steps that you need to take. And I present that to you. And you can continue with that with me if you want as a coach, or you can do it on your own, or you can go off and find someone else. But in any case, you've got all the steps that you need to take and you can move forward from there. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, you, you use the phrase, uh, you know, things that you hope to do. Um, and I know one of my, my favorite things was taught to me by uh, a mentor of mine. Um, he said, you're, uh, you're never old until your regrets outweigh your desires. Um, and beautiful. that stuck with me forever because it's, it's the, the whole idea that, that if you're, if you're always striving for something, you have something to move forward to. That's, that's actually what, it, that's how you describe youth, right? Is, yeah. is, is a moving forward into, into goals and whatnot. And, um, and I think culturally, at least here in the Americas, we have a lot of problem with that where people, they get to their retirement age and then they just stop. And they think exactly. like, we talk, we talk about that all the time. It's like, Hey, when I retire, I'm going to stop and sit on a beach and drink martinis. Like it's the picture of perfection. And the reality is, is we, as human beings, we don't like to be stopped right? It's nice to take a break every once in a while, but we have goals and dreams and aspirations and things we want to do and impact we want to make and legacy we want to leave. So it sounds like you're helping people sort of make that transition from thinking, hey, maybe I want to sit on the beach and drink martinis forever to actually wanting to make an impact and enjoy their their life. Exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. So um, I want to start off then with uh, talking about your origin story, right? We say every good comic <laughs> beer book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today, um, right? So we want to hear that story. Were you born a hero? Were you uh, bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to work with retirees? Um, or did you start in a job, eventually move to becoming an entrepreneur? Basically, I want to know where you came from that brought you to this point. Wow, I'm... Uh... I'm from a long line of serial employees. We spent all of our lives, everybody working for somebody else and just kind of looking for that retirement point. But I think my entrepreneurial spirit was uh, born, for, you know, I guess in the uh, gardens when I was a kid because I had an absolutely intense dislike of green beans. And yeah. on our farm, green beans grew better than anything else. And we ate them for lunch and we ate them for supper. And for a change, we'd have green beans. <laughs> and <laughs> at some point, I guess I, I complained enough. And my parents said, look, if you want to pick the beans, you can sell them. And I kind of looked at them and said, really? I can keep the money? <laughs> so I was out there and I picked beans like they were going out of style. And we just happened to live on a road that headed down to um, a river where there was land that had been parceled off for cottagers. And all the cottagers from the nearby cities would come by there every weekend until, until summer really hit, and then they'd be there for good. So every weekend they'd come by and they'd buy all my green beans. Then they'd buy the tomatoes and the radishes and the lettuce and everything else that I would pick and, and bring to them. And it was amazing. I had more money. I couldn't even keep up with them. I had so many people coming and that was, you know, that was a start. It's like, I can do something and I can make money at it. Why would I want to sit at a desk? <laughs> so, so your entrepreneurial journey, did it go beyond that? Or did, like how, what did, what did your life look like from, from selling, uh, selling green beans <laughs> as a child to working with retirees now? Well, it, uh, it kind of took a little bit of a hiatus as I went through school. Um, I did a little bit of, you know, babysitting, but that's not really entrepreneurial. And I had, I kind of put it on the back burner, to be honest. And then as I got uh, as I got older and got into university, it kind of came back to me, and I started doing a little bit of freelancing. I did the uh, the 
direct sales MLM kind of stuff that a lot of people do as they're getting getting into the uh, the entrepreneurial world and it's kind of moved on a little bit from that as we you know as as time has gone on a little bit of online other things um, affiliate marketing that sort of stuff and it's kind of led me into I want to do something else I want to be I want to be making a difference to somebody not just selling something and that's mm-hmm. where I started thinking about, you know, where can I spend my time the most valuably? And I was watching my dad retire and, and he was one of the ones who sat in a chair and he watched TV and he read a book and he did that for 40 years. And it just, it just broke my heart that that's what it came to. And I was determined that that wasn't going to be the way that it was for other people if I could help it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, one of the things I, I tell my my wife all the time is my plan is to skid into the grave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because I, I definitely don't want to go out sitting in a chair reading a book. Not that it's a bad thing to do, um, but I want to have other things going on, right? Exactly. Um, and still still making an impact. Yep. So I want to talk a little bit about your superpowers, then, right? So every <laughs> every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by genius intellect or the ability to you know call down thunder from the sky. Um, or super strength, right? In the in the uh, real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills that you were born with or you developed over the course of time, um, that really energize all of your other skills, right? It's the it's the 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 common thread between everything that you've been doing in your life, um, and it's what lets you help your your people come out on top in their own journeys, right? It's the thing that you use to actually help them. Um, and with that sort of framing, you have a superpower. What do you think it is? Well, I haven't called down thunder since my kids grew up, so I don't think it's that. (laughs) I think probably it's my ability to organize tasks. Um, I've always been very methodical in the things that I do, and I've been able to take a bunch of random ideas and random uh, tasks that somebody has and put them all down in an order that makes it quick and easy for them to just get everything done with a minimal effort and be off to the races and, you know, kind of boom, they're winning. So I think that's, uh, that's probably it. So how do you think that impacts the work you do now with retirees um, when it comes to helping them figure out what they want to do with their lives? We talk about the things that they've done in the past. We talk about the things that, you know, that they dream about and what's stopping them from doing it. And once we figure out what it is that they feel is stopping them from doing them, doing those things, we break each, each item down into the steps that it takes to knock it off the shelf so that it's not a problem anymore and it's not stopping them. You're a dream maker. I am. <laughs> so it says so, on, my, on my profile, it says Dreamweaver. Oh, there you go. I didn't even notice that. But yeah, Dreamweaver. So my my question for you then is for those of us who are listening, who are looking at um, at, at things like, I know this is something that I, I have to work through all the time. It's like, hey, I've got this big goal and I want to get there. I have this dream I want to accomplish. You have to break those down. What's your advice for people who are who are looking to accomplish something big, right? Um, and and want to, to start taking steps to get there? Usually what I tell them is to look at the finished product, what it is they're looking to accomplish and take a step backwards. What's the, what's the last thing that they need to do in order for that thing to happen? Don't worry about all the things that you have to do to get there. What is the one step that you'll take that gets you to it? So that one step back is the next step that you focus on and you make that a, 
make that a priority. And then you look at that and you say, what would get me to there? And you just break it back, break it down backwards until you get to what's the step you can take right now. Yeah, and yeah. once it's in those little steps, then it's easy to easy to follow them. That's one of the uh, the things we were just talking about on, a, on another uh, interview I did with another guest was uh, um, my wife and I are talking about next after the RV travels is we want to buy a yacht and start traveling the world with the kids that way. Wow. And looking at like, what are the steps, right? So it's like, we need to have a down payment and the down payment is this much. And um, we make this much from our clients and we have this many clients now. And this is how many clients we need to add in order to accomplish that. And what's the next thing that we need to do to get a client. So like, we got to get this marketing thing and this marketing thing has these pieces to it. Exactly. And, you know, here's the first thing that needs to get done is I need to write this headline. Right. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's pretty simple. Go. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a, a pretty, you know, a simplified version of it, but that's how, that's how we think about big goals is I want to buy a yacht my next step is I need to write this headline. I need to write the body copy for this piece of marketing material. I need to get this thing published, right? It's the the next steps that go go into uh, each each thing. And yeah. for me, it's always like, how do I how do I make a single step forward progress every day, even if it's a micro step, right? Um, so, anyways, that's that's how how I follow all that stuff. <laughs> it's nice and to hear that you, exactly. you follow the same thing. <laughs> yep. So. The flip side then of your superpower, right? If your superpower is the ability to see those big, those big picture items and break them down for people so they can turn them into manageable steps. The flip side of that is your fatal flaw, right? So just like Superman has his kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in growing your business, right? Maybe it's some of the things I struggled with, like perfectionism, which kept me from shipping product um, or uh, lack of self-care, which early in my entrepreneur career, I let clients walk all over me. Um, and that was a tough thing to learn to get over. But I think more important than what the flaw is, is how have you learned to rectify it so you can continue to grow and expand your, your business? So, you know, people who are listening might learn a little bit from your experience. Well, my, my kryptonite, I think it's probably what I call SOS. It's shiny object syndrome. And I think it's a, it's a problem for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. What happens to me is I start helping someone and I start listening to the things that they're doing and the things that they want to do. And my mind starts to wander too. And I start to think about, oh, I could do that. And maybe if I start doing this next step, and I have a lot of trouble reining that back in. Once I, once I get going, my, my dreams just continue to, uh, to expand as well. So, so you say you're going to travel on a yacht now? Exactly. I w- <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I get done the RV part. <laughs> so, so how, how have you worked to sort of overcome that and re- keep the focus on the things that you, you know you want to be doing next? Lately, what I've been doing is I, I make a very stringent list of the things that I'm working on. And I can't put a new thing on the list until I've taken one thing off the list. And to take the thing off the list, it's got to be completed. So the items that make it to the list are the important things in my, in my plan for my future. And until they're done, I can't add another one. And it's just, it's a matter of discipline. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's not so hard. It depends on what the item is that I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like uh, uh, we're doing something similar in our house right now with uh, Christmas gifts, right? Because when you live in a 40 foot RV and you're traveling the country, (laughs) we're going to add new things. (laughs) Old things have to come out. (laughs) <laughs> um, and you have to know what's important to you. Um, yep. So that's, uh, and it's actually, it's, it's a, it's an, I think it's an important skill 
to both learn and also teach your children is to figure out what's actually important in your life, whether it's the tasks that are going to get you to your next goal or what you keep in your, uh, in your closet um, and things like that, because it helps to make sure that the things that you're keeping are actually important. Right. And, you know, I yeah. think uh, one of the biggest breakthroughs I made in my business was learning how to only work on important tasks. Um, and that's a hard thing to learn how to do. So one of them is because, you know, when you're a young entrepreneur, you don't always know the difference between something that's urgent and important. Yeah. Right. Um, and you don't know what actually moves the needle. So you have to just do all sorts of things until you learn. Um, and same thing with life. You don't always know what stuff is important and what stuff you're actually going to use and keep doing those things. And I think the more experience you get, um, the better you get at making those decisions and the more focused you can be on just the important things. Exactly. I had a, a guest on my own show recently and he talked about the Picasso work and he was helping people half retire. And the idea is that most people who can't seem to retire have their finger in too many things. And he helps them understand what is the one or two, what are the one or two things that they have to do that nobody else can do. And all the rest of the stuff can be delegated to someone else. It's the same idea with the, the, urgent tasks, the important tasks, the not so important ones, which ones really have to be done. Yeah, yeah, I have a, a rule in my business um, that I use with managing my team. Um, and it's basically, it's really simple. It's only do what only you can do. Yep. Um, and um, I, try to, I try to make sure we build our systems in such a way that each member of the team is only doing things that only they can do, right? And we try to move as much as we can um, from management and project stuff onto automations when we can, and then making sure the tasks are split up in such a way that they're utilizing the team members' strengths. Um, and um, that's such, a, such an important skill. Um, and it's, it's interesting trying to figure out how you translate that into your personal life. Right. And, you know, everything from, you know, uh, I have uh, I have some some really wealthy entrepreneurial friends that are like, you know, I don't do my laundry. Right. Because that's something I can hire someone else to do. Um, and I've got more important things. Like, and it goes down to that. And it's, it's interesting to think of your life that way. I have I haven't gotten that point yet, but I think at some point I'm going to have to figure out how to take some of the life tasks that are not as important to what I actually want to accomplish and figure out how to learn how to delegate those things. At the moment, it's going pretty well because I got three children that have to learn to do chores, um, yep. or four children, but um, you know, that's not going to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about that actually, the, about yeah. delegating to your kids. <laughs> yeah. Delegating to your kids. Cause I got to learn how to do all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. So at the moment I'm, uh, I'm, my second daughter has just reached the height where she can uh, she can reach the uh, counter to do dishes. Um, she's not too thrilled with uh, with addition <laughs> of new chores. <laughs> uh, but my son, who's eleven, is super excited to have someone else step in and start helping him do the dishes. So exactly, you know, so that's where we are. So my next question for you then is about your common enemy. Right. And every superhero has what I call an arch nemesis. Right. It's a, it's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world. Um, and in the world of business, it takes a lot of forms. But generally, we put it in the context of your clients. Right. The people that you work with on a general uh, sorry, on a regular basis. And it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight against um, to overcome so that they can get the results that they're looking for. Right. Um, and it's something that like if you had your magic wand and someone contacted you and hired you, you could just bop them on the head and you wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. What's the <laughs> first thing that sort of comes to your mind is the arch nemesis you're constantly having to fight with your clients? For me, I think it's it's the idea that it's 
too late for them, that they, they haven't made their plans, so they can't retire now. It doesn't matter what stage they're at. They all think, oh, I needed to make plans, you know, yesterday or last week or last month. They figure or that they, they have to... 20 or 30 and I missed my opportunity. Exactly, exactly. That, you know, that they believe that retirement is, you know, the end of the road and that it means stopping work. And that's what I have to keep trying to beat out of them. If I had a, if I had a magic wand for that, then... I guess I'd probably be out of a job <laughs> because <laughs> they they would realize that retirement isn't the end. It's it's you're retiring to something, not from something. Absolutely. So so what are some of your your I guess tips and tricks that you use to help someone make that mental transition to make that leap into thinking that hey, I'm not I'm not you know, my life hasn't ended because I've retired. That's a hard one. I. Uh, I talk to them, I continue to remind them about their dreams. I ask them what it is, why did they want to retire? Was it because they wanted to just, you know, sit and watch people go by every day, looking out their window, wondering what the Joneses are doing next door? Or did they have something in mind that they wanted to do? And if you can keep the dreams alive or, or revive them, then people have a, have a reason to keep going. And that's what they're looking for. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so just out of curiosity, how often are what you coaching people to do is to make career changes or to actually go in and take the, you know, the money that they've saved or created over their lifetime and put it into their dreams instead of just holding on to it? Like what, where, where do you sort of find yourself helping people go? Or is it just sort of all over the map, depending on the person? It depends on the person. Um, most of the time, if I get someone who has got some savings, we start talking about what the savings are for because people save money. They, they say they're putting money away for retirement, but they've never really thought about what am I going to do with it when retirement hits? I can't, you know, keep it forever and just give it to my kids when, you know, when I'm done, there's got to be something else. So, so the, the biggest thing is um, planning with them, I guess, and, and trying to show them that it's okay to spend the money because it, there's a big mind slip or mind flip from, saving all the time to actually spending that money. And that that's a hard, that's a, it's a really hard um, wall that people come up against because they've saved, if they've been saving, they've saved for so long. It's so hard to, to switch that, that uh, or flip that switch so that they can spend now. They, there's always yeah, the, yeah. oh, I need to save. I need to save. But what are you saving for? You're saving You're for saving this to point. spend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that's a, that's a tough thing. I know um, one of the things my, uh, my wife and I are always talking about is, is savings versus investing in our lifestyle or investing in our future. Yeah. Um, and I know like we've done, we've made some fairly risky decisions over the last 10 years or so where we took a lot of money that could have gone into savings and we put it instead into our business um, and you know, that's a risky move to take, but at the same time, 10 years later, um, we have made more money in our business than we would have been able to save over the same time. And if we hadn't invested yeah. in the business, we wouldn't have been able to create the income. Um, and that's like, that's a, it's an interesting sort of, I don't know what you call it. It's a, that mental shift where you're like, I, I yeah. want to actually invest in my life and invest in my business and invest in my future, um, versus, you know putting the money in the bank. Nothing wrong with putting money in the bank. I, I absolutely recommend everyone I know have an emergency fund and those kind of things. But yep. beyond that, um, savings is more useful if you're putting it into action and you're doing things with it. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. So the flip side then of your common enemy is even if your common enemy is what you fight against, then your driving force is what you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fight to save save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you fight for in your business? Um, you know, you have a mission, so to speak. What What is it? I think I, I mentioned that before. My my mission, what I'm what I'm trying to do is change people's attitudes about retirement and the idea that you're not retiring from something, you're retiring to something, and it's the next stage of your life, and it's a it's an exciting stage, and it's something that you should be looking forward to, not just you know an end like you're falling off a cliff. Now that I'm done, you know what do I do? It's the mission is retire to something, find something new, make your life you know exciting, make it worthwhile. So how do, how do you think helping more retirees make that transition is going to impact our world? A lot of people out there, um, retirees, I mean, I, I, yes, I aim at the people who are baby boomers and, and, you know, hitting that retirement point. They've got a lot of experience. They've got a lot of uh, vitality. They've got a lot of things going for them. And they've got, ex- you know, the experience of 40 years of um of working for most of them that they could share with other people. They can change the way that the future generations are looking at retirement. If, if they go out and they make changes and they, you know, and the younger people see that, Hey, there's life out there. There's more things I can do. Maybe people will stop looking at retirement as the end of the road and, and a retired person as old. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to change is that people think, Oh, you're getting close to retirement. You're old you're done you're no longer useful to society and that kind of stuff exactly. that is 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 the the worst kind of 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 thought and i hate that our culture has that um and one of the things that that i have fallen in love with with the traveling lifestyle is the people that we get to meet along the way um it it tends to attract a lot of retirees um and so you know a, a lot of our friends and peers in the traveling sense tend to be in that category um, and we meet people all over the uh, all over the country now that um, you get to sit down and sit around a fire, sit around a dinner table or drink a glass of wine and hear their stories and learn about their experiences. And I got to tell you, there is so many things that I have been like stumped or run into problems and things like that. I know um, I got a book that I'm halfway through about, uh, um, you know, the chaos of running a business from the road. And um, we had a had a had an evening where our RV died on the side of a mountain and we couldn't we couldn't do anything about it. We were just stuck there. And it's like crying in the middle of the night kind of thing. And we <laughs> finally got the coach going the next day and we pull into our spot and the guy next to us is a retiree and I'm telling him about the problem and whatnot. And he's like, oh, I know exactly how to fix that. Something we've been struggling with for two years, trying to figure <laughs> out how to get this thing to not do. He comes in and 10 minutes later, we never had a problem with the coach again um, wow. after after that, right? And that's that's just like one of hundreds of stories like that over the last four or five years, that there's just so much experience and life and vitality that you can find in our older generation that I think we miss out on so much if we don't learn how to integrate and be a, you know, <laughs> you learn from the people that are above you, learn from the people that are younger than you, right? I learn as yeah. much from my kids as I do from my, uh, my, my seniors, right? The yeah. people who are older than myself. <laughs> It's funny, I was just uh, looking into possibly doing some um, English as a second language uh, teaching or as a foreign language teaching in Thailand. And I was told that I wouldn't be able to because once you hit 60, you're not allowed to work in Thailand. 
because they they actually do revere their elders and they don't think that they should need to work anymore so they're not allowed to it's like well that's different <laughs> that's awesome um yeah my uh, my wife has her uh, her teaching english as a foreign language uh, certificate she, we were going to do some teaching in japan um a number of years ago but we had a bunch of kids and they were like yeah we just want couples without kids so we didn't ever end up do, using it but uh, yeah. it's uh it's the way that uh, that goes down but yeah that's a uh, um, I know I hear Thailand is a super vibrant community for expats um, yep. and everything. So, yeah. So they just, they straight up won't let you work in their country. That's right. Um, I've got a friend actually who is there and, you know, he's the same age as me and he is working and he said, that's what they tell you, but what they actually do is different. <laughs> so you can't do <laughs> so you, it legally. You might actually be able to go over there. That's yeah. Fine. He says, what you do is you come in. And then you work. You don't come in to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because unfortunately, not all of us have um, have a retirement savings account that's big enough to allow us to just not work for the rest of exactly. our lives. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So I want to change gears a little bit and talk about some practical things, right? Um, and I call this my the hero's tool belt. And just like every hero has a tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or you know, big magical hammers that, you know, they can use to call down thunder. Um, we want to talk about top of one or two practical tools you couldn't live without in your business, right? Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar, to your marketing tools, to something you use for your, uh, your actual product delivery. Um, something that you think is essential to getting your job done today. Wow. I'd really like to have that magic wand, but I think <laughs> what... <laughs> I think my tool, you know, boring as it is, is my Google Calendar. I think that's that's the most important thing because without it, I'd be a mess. Um, I put I don't just put appointments in it. I put the tasks that I need to have done and when I want to have them done, and I, everything is is categorized, nice, pretty colors. Everything is set up. It's you know, it's the only thing that keeps me uh, organized from day to day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's surprising to me. Um, well, not surprising. Well, maybe hopefully it'll uh, help you feel a little better about the uh, that answer is um, almost 85, 90% of the interviews that I do. The answer to that question is my calendar. <laughs> um, because <Wow. laughs> I, I tell people, I tell people who are not entrepreneurs all the time that, you know, I live and die by my calendar. And they're like, that's crazy. Um, and, you know, it's, if you're not sure, you understand, right? People are like, yep. my calendar is my life. Um, and we even go so far, like in my family that like, we have my calendar and my wife's calendar and the family calendar and any of my like online stuff will automatically check my family calendars and stuff for busy times. And my wife knows that like, if she wants to make sure I'm there for it, she'll block it out on the family calendar. So it doesn't, yep. um, it doesn't get overwritten by something that I'm doing for my business. And it's just, it's just the way that it has to be in order to manage this type of a life. Um, yep. And so the uh, um, it's it's interesting how important managing our time is um, as an entrepreneur, um, and I I feel like if more people on um, you know because as an as an employee you generally you hand your calendar over to someone else and be like hey these hours are yours, yeah. and then they tell you what those that time is for and we have to manage all that ourselves as an entrepreneur. That's it, and I think <laughs> before I started doing my entrepreneurial things, I had the uh, great big mom's daily calendar on my wall with all the kids names and, you know, my husband's name and everything was always marked off anyway. So I think really the, uh, the business world knows what you need and they're selling those calendars, you know, 
to put on the walls. So they're trying to make everybody oh, yeah. follow a calendar all the time. My uh, my wife's the same way. She's got her little, uh, I don't know what you call it, her bullet journal thing that she uh, she writes. She sits down every week with all of her art supplies and, and makes her her week look all beautiful and amazing. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, she keeps, she runs, she runs a house with four kids and a traveling family and all that kind of stuff. She's an, amazing. And a lot of it is because of her calendar calendaring abilities. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is, it's one of these days I'm going to have my, uh, have my video editor, um, who's fantastic, go through all of our episodes and pull out the uh, answer to that question and make a montage of <laughs> all the entrepreneurs calendar. who are like, calendar, calendar, <laughs> calendar, the calendar, my calendar. <laughs> because <laughs> yep. uh, it's true right and I think uh, more people would um, you know if if for nothing else than to share it with all of my non-entrepreneur friends who are like I don't understand your insistence on everything going through your calendar <laughs> speaking of heroic tools I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the hero show and is now this show's primary sponsor hey there fellow podcaster Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So I want to talk a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors. You know, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, Spider-Man even had his uncle Ben. So who were some of your heroes? Were they real life uh, mentors, speakers or authors, maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far? Um. I've had a few different mentors uh, and they give advice on different aspects of my life and my business. And I think it's all of that together that's really helped make me who I am. But um, one of the very first people that, that really played a part in my life was my high school volleyball coach. And when I was finished finishing high school, she wrote in my yearbook that my stick-to-itiveness would take me a long way. And, and I really remembered that when I was having trouble um, later on. What she meant was that it didn't, didn't matter that I had no skill in volleyball at the start. I kept trying and I kept showing up and, and I made it on the team and, you know, and I got better and I got better until I was you know, one of the first string players. But if I hadn't, if I had just given up when I couldn't do it, then you know, 
that would have been the end of that. Uh, volleyball is right up here beside breathing and importance to me. It's, it's one of the things that I really love. So it wasn't hard to stick to it, but sometimes it's harder. And remembering those words helps me get through that um, all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, um, I have a similar thing with my, uh, my son and one of his friends with gymnastics. Um, one of his yeah. friends is like ridiculously good and doesn't even have to try. Um, it's just who he is. And my son has to work hard. Um, and I've always told him, I was like, hey, you know, he never has to work to, have, to be where he's at. If he added work to what he was doing, he'd be an Olympian when he was 20, right? Yeah. But he's not going to be because he's not willing to put the work in. You are willing to have that stick the work and show up every day and get better and get better. Um, and, you know, that's a, it's a hard skill to learn, but it is. that stick is really important. Yeah. And I guess my other hero, I'm a softie, is my husband. Um, because he is not an entrepreneur by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't understand my drive or the things that, that you know, get me up in the morning. But he stood behind me all the time. He supports everything that I do. And, and he always is there to ensure that I have the time and the, the freedom to do what I want to do. And he's you know, gathering people up and doing the other activities that need to be done around the house so that I can have the time to do the things I want to do. And without that, I wouldn't be where I am. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my wife's the same way. She thinks I'm nuts because I'm an entrepreneur, but she stands <laughs> up and supports me all the way through. Um, and, uh, you know, I said she, she runs our whole house so I can run our whole business. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's always good to have, have partners there that are, are ready and willing to pick up the slack that, uh, that sometimes that our crazy lives behind. can leave us to. <laughs> yep. So, I want to talk a little bit about your guiding principles, right? One of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I want to talk about the top one or two principles that you live your life by. Um, maybe something that you wish you knew when you first started out on your own hero's journey. I think that the, the principle that I live by, or the thing that I try to keep in mind all the time comes from my, uh, my, uh, schooling. Um, I was trained as a pharmacist. So along those lines is the, the Hippocratic Oath is the, the idea of do no wrong or do no harm. I mean, and I try to keep that in my mind when I'm talking to people, when I'm working with someone, when I'm suggesting actions or activities or ways to move forward, I do my very best to make sure that they're not going to be detrimental along the way, that the, that the idea or the plan that we're making is going to move those people forward. And that that's really important. I won't, I won't encourage anybody to do something if I think it's going to fall off the rails. I mean, why, why would you do that? That's, you know, that's totally against any kind of honor system or any kind of code that anybody could have is, Hey, I'm going to do this and get your money, but you know, don't talk to me later because you're going to fall over the cliff. I, I can't do that. I think that the, the goal of my lifestyle blueprint is to, to guide clients towards a life that fills them with joy. And that, and that's what fills me with joy is watching them move on to, to better things. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a mentor tell me once when I was about 17, just getting ready to graduate high school. Um, and he tells me, he said, uh, uh, be careful what you say to people because people will listen to you. Um, right. He's like, take ownership of that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. I thought he was nuts at the time. Um, and you learn later when you start getting into, you know, you realize that, you know, you have a skill set that lends yourself towards coaching and helping people 
um, you know, accomplish things. And then, you know, the first time it happens to me in college, I sit down and chat with an individual for, you know, a whole evening because he was dealing with some stuff. And, you know, the next day he goes out and starts changing his life based on the discussion we had. And I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, and you realize the gravity of how important it is to make sure that the things that you're saying and the things that you're recommending for other people um, are in their best interest. Right. Yeah. Um, and I tell people all the time now that, you know, persuasion is a neutral tool. Um, and when you use it for the betterment of others, we call that leadership. When you use it for the benefit of yourself, we call that manipulation. Yep. Um, and so you have to learn how, how to be a leader, especially when, you know, when you're in a career like what you're doing, people are asking you, hey, can you help lead me to the next point in my life? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's an important thing. <laughs> awesome. So that's basically a wrap on our interview, Jackie. Thank you so much for coming on. I do have one little thing I do at the end of all of my my shows that I call the Hero Challenge. Um, and I do this, you know, basically because it's a selfish way to get access to stories I might not otherwise find on my own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with our audience here on the Hero Show? first person to come to mind for you um yeah i've got a friend um in my in my circle her name is reem i don't know if uh, if that means anything to you she uh, she started off her life she she was a a business person she did very well in her uh, in her career she worked hard she uh, and then she had a baby and the day she gave birth to her baby she was fired and you know some people would would you know, fall apart at that, but she didn't. She went on to uh, build her own business. And not only has she built a multi-six figure business, she's done three of them. And she's, you know, she's made such a, such a name, such a um, legacy for herself out of that one, one tiny thing that could have just destroyed her. Yeah, that's really awesome. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll reach out afterwards and see if we can get her on the show. Um, I'll send you an email and see if we can do an introduction or something. Love to uh, yeah. talk to her and hear about that story. That seems super cool. Uh, so, you know, in comic books, at the end of the story, there's always the crowd um, who is clapping and cheering for their acts of heroism. So as we close our analogous to that um, is, I want to know where can people find you if they want your help in the future? Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Jackie, I would really love your help planning the next day of my life um you know i think more important than where they can go is who are the right types of people to reach out and actually light up the bat signal okay well where they can go is pretty simple it's to uh beyondretirement.ca that's uh, where you can reach me and that's where all my all my stuff is the kind of person that i'm looking for is someone who who knows that there's more to life than what they're doing right now they uh they're, they're getting close to making a change. They want to make a change. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where to go or, or how to take that next step. And those are the people that I want to talk to. Not the ones who are looking forward to sitting on the sofa, drinking a beer and watching TV for the rest of their life. They're, if they've got no ambition, they aren't going to be making any changes. Yeah. Yeah. So ambitious people who are ready to take the next step. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. So thank That's you very it. much, Jackie, for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Um, and if you're in that spot and you're looking to uh, get some help, definitely check out, um, you said it's beyondretirement.ca. That's right. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on today, Jackie. Really appreciate it. Do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? 
I do not. I think uh, just live your life. That's the that's big thing. Never let go, never stop. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jackie.